All right, everybody, welcome to the Say Yes Anyway podcast. And you know, these are conversations from the heart where we go deep, we go into places that maybe you have no idea what it is that you want with your life, but you know that you have to say yes to it. You know that there's something deep inside of you that it might be small, it might be big, whatever that thing is, but you know that you have to follow it. And um, I have a great friend. I think he's amazing. His name is Jim. He's a father. He's a husband. He's a CEO and a business owner of multiple companies. He's an AI expert and a philanthropist. The, the first time that I actually spoke with Jim, I really appreciated just his uh, presence. Honestly, his presence, I feel, makes you feel at home. It makes you feel calm. It makes you feel uplifted. He makes you feel like anything is possible. And that's actually why I wanted to bring him on here today, because he has a lot of things I think that all of us have many questions about. I know you guys are all wondering about this AI thing and what the heck is going on. Is it going to interrupt our world? Is it going to add value to it? What do I need to do about it? And so he's an expert in this space. And anyway, welcome, Jim. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So glad to be here, too. Yes, amazing. So first off, I want to know what is something that you love about yourself and you love about your life? Ooh, it's a good heavy hitter question right in the beginning. Something I love about myself is being a girl dad. Um, I, I just, I love my kids. It's been, it's been one of the joys of my life to, to raise two girls. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm celebrating 15 years of uh, being married to my beautiful wife this year Aww, as well. Congratulations. So I have a lot of wonderful things to uh, to be grateful for. But yeah, just finding ways to raise functioning humans that want to contribute to society that are not jerks is yeah. not easy uh, oh, as a father gosh. of two girls in 2023. And uh, I'm really proud of both of them, top of their class, uh, really a, a joy for life, uh, a, a willingness to to try things and mm. let's be honest i know the future is female so i'm, I'm glad to be contributing <laughs> to it in some way <laughs> oh my gosh i love that yeah so you have a lot of estrogen around you all the time a lot so, of estrogen probably builds yeah, a lot I, of empathy. I need to get just like a i need like a male rottweiler and just kind of like <laughs> chain it in the backyard for a little bit just to add a little bit of something to my life but you know that and surrounded also by a female dog that is probably more alpha than any of the three of the other ladies in my house uh, uh send help but i'm good <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Actually, that's amazing though, because I think about, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about how they're afraid to have children these days because what's going to happen or, or am I going to be able to raise them in this crazy time of life that, you know, like, like what, what is, what does it look like to be a good dad? What does it look like to be a good mom? Like, how can you birth these things into existence? So that way, just like you say, they're not jerks. And just to say that's, absolutely amazing i know with being a daughter i admire my dad so much he's like my biggest hero and so just to have somebody saying that that's one of the most incredible things of your life um is profound for daughters so anyway i appreciate that yeah and thanks for that i mean let's yeah. let's be honest it's it's been like that throughout of all of humanity like think about the challenges that our parents faced you know yeah. when we were young think about the challenges our grandparents faced when our parents were young Mm -hmm. If if we think, oh, geez, 100 years ago, they had it so much better. They didn't have all this internet stuff. Like, no, they had it a lot worse mm. uh, in in relative form. So it, it's kind of like, well, you know, when people say, what's the best time to have kids? Mm -hmm. I, I'm not a professional, but I've earned my stripes and there there is no best time. I just think there are better times than worse times. So mm. I don't know if that helps if anybody's mm. on the on the fence or thinking about it or not sure, but 
and it was kind of like I dated my wife for um for a long time before I actually like before I, before I put my pants up and was like okay it's time you know I had to do it and I, and I needed a gut check from a good girlfriend friend girl of mine you know like a, like a close friend and she's just like when are you gonna do it you know it's it's there there's never the perfect time if you keep mm -hmm. waiting it's gonna pass mm. and now you know I'm I'm 42 and my kids are 11 and 12 I almost have teenagers so I was telling you this right before we hit record you know it's summer they sleep in they make themselves breakfast they're they're getting ready we're gonna go to the park and play like they take care of themselves they put themselves to bed they shower you know all these things and if I, you know, I have so many friends that now are my age that are having babies and they're still up all night and they're dealing with all that. And I'm like, wow, I've already gotten through that. So like, I, I wouldn't treat a family as an investment, but you're investing in your family. Mm -hmm. So the sooner you invest in something that you want to consider to be better part of your life, just think of what that's going to do for you over the long run. Mm -hmm. And that's, that thing, that's just the way that I've approached a lot of life is I'm willing to jump in very quickly, fail fast but you, you learn from it. And yeah. I, I don't, you know, this, this, that may come off as brash, but I just mean it very genuinely is mm -hmm. I feel like that's just the way to go. Uh, mm -hmm. Similar to how you just relocated, you know, mm -hmm. you didn't just sit around you're like, it's time and you mm -hmm. left and, and you were just telling me right before we hit record, how I can see it, you know, I'm staring at you, you know, through the video, I can just see the joy in your face of, of how happy you are to be doing something new. So mm -hmm. you also could have spent 20 years waiting and then wondering and then wishing and then worrying, mm -hmm. but instead you just decided you're moving. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing that reel you posted about like, I'm moving and you were so happy. And that that's what life should be about. Uh-huh. No, I love that so much. And you actually did say the perfect thing with there's no right time, you know? And I was thinking about that with, with life, like it, there's truly no time. And so I would love for you to even share a little bit of your story. And I feel you have so many pieces of you where it's almost like, Oh yeah, Jim has this this mastermind, and then he's AI expert, and then he's a family. I mean, a father, and this and that philanthropy work. And there's so many facets to you that I think sometimes people are so afraid to to choose or to jump in, and and that's obviously how you live your life. So maybe just share a little bit of your story, whatever you want to share, and then kind of what brought you to where you are now. Yeah, of course, and I won't bore everybody in monologue for you know 20 minutes here, but. The way I, I grew up in very humble roots and I'm an only child and I had a lot of love in my family, very middle-class, you know, raised. We, we paid off a credit card with a credit card. We, you know, we, we had a beautiful home, nice and tiny, um, but it was filled with love. And my parents did everything they could to give me everything that they had. And very early in life, I found the joy of service. Uh, I'm, I'm an Eagle Scout in the Boy Scouts of America. And I spent my entire youth in service to God and country and local community and others. And I just, I just learned some of those simple principles from this hundred plus year old organization. And I loved that time. It was a time to connect in the outdoors. It was a time to be with other boys that were my age. Uh, it was a time to learn from adults that, that I looked up to who were, who are our scoutmasters and, you know, our, our mentors that were part of it. And I realize now, kind of jumping around a little bit, a lot of the reasons that not only do I hire and admire the coaches and the mentors and people in my life, as well as I'm grateful to be one for a lot of people through the mastermind program and other you know people that I consult with and I coach and I teach, 
I just realized very early on, it's important that we find those positive, those positive emblems in our life that we can, we can be proud to be part of, uh, part of part with, we, we can do life with, if you will. And that really served me well from the early ages all the way through. And I spent a lot of my early years in service and, you know, giving back and doing those things and then got married fairly early, uh, had kids fairly early. And I really strayed away from that, but I, I was always, I was always in tech. Um, so I, I moved from the service component to really chasing the money, chasing the big shiny thing. What can I build? What can I make? How much money can I make? And I, I made good money and I, I enjoyed what I did. Moved from Los Angeles to San Francisco, which is Mecca for any tech person. Um, built startups, did all the things. It was great. But I really just didn't feel like I was following what I was meant for. And I sort of hit this plateau where I was a great coder. I was leading teams. I was building great things, but I just, I didn't have any, I don't know what the word is. My gratification you know, in life, I just, I, I didn't feel, I was grateful, but I didn't have the gratification of feeling like I was contributing to something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And it, it really hit me. And I, I started finding ways that I could contribute positively towards nonprofit organizations and finding ways to give back again. And that really changed everything for me. So then I, I sort of just pivoted to finding ways to use tech for a positive social impact. And that just lit me up and that's been driving me ever since. So that's the ethos behind mm-hmm all the recent companies that I've tried, that I'm still working on, that I've, I've, I've tried and failed, I've closed, I've, I've rebooted everything in between, but it all comes back down to, I just found the joy of being me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a goofy white guy, I wear mm-hmm. a lot of hats, both figuratively and literally I'm wearing a hat right now. <laughs> and I just, I enjoy what I do professionally in life. And I know that it might take a while to really realize the impact that I, I put my work into, but my kids and my wife and the people around me see the impact that I'm making by showing up as me. And I have this gift of taking really complicated technical things and distilling it down to be actionable and simple. And I can explain it really well. And then hence this whole AI revolution, everything that we're getting right now and getting bombarded with, I'm able to take everything that I've worked on over the years kind of synthesize it together and I'm able to make sense of it. So you see a lot of people coming on talking about this is AI and all that. And you're like, where'd these people come from? They, they're, they're not technical. How do they understand this? I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be able to say I paid the dues to, to be in a position that I can explain these things and be in it. I can code with it. I can work with it. I can, I can find ways to speak to different levels of entrepreneurs and individuals and employees and all these different things. And that's really filling me with a lot of joy because I see the potential for what this absolutely incredible technology is going to do for the world. And that's what I love teaching now is Mm. finding actionable ways to put all this together, to take technology, put it into, put it into place for good and to see people start to use it. When people tag me on social media, like I did this cool thing with AI. Oh my God, just use ChatGPT to write this email sequence. Oh my gosh, I, I created this image, you know, using AI and they tag me. It's, it's, it's the first time that I've ever seen so much excitement about something that I'm so passionate about in all mm-hmm. the years that I've done. But not just that, but the fact that people are feeling like the lifeguard taught them how to swim and they're able to do it themselves and there's no holding back. You know, mm. I'm, I'm proud to say the things that I've taught people they've taken and they run with or the company's done well or got acquired, but 
this is the first time it's very personal. It's very mm -hmm. real. And it doesn't matter if you're a VA, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're just a, a, a curious employee, if you're a blue collar, green collar, white collar worker, there's a way to use AI for, for almost everybody. And that's why when you asked me to come on and we'll talk a little bit about that, I, I need to give a little bit of context is why it matters so much to me. Mm. But it's also because I see the potential in it. Mm, wow, so good. So did you know, because you were in, in the tech world, like is what's happening now, did you know that it was gonna go this direction first off? Well, the, the short answer is no. I, I didn't believe that it would hit this inflection point where now there's this mass saturation and this ability for everybody to be so curious about it mm -hmm. so fast. But mm. fast is relative, right? AI has been around since what, the 60s? You know, we, we've had researchers working on this type of stuff for a long time, well before I was born. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even when you, when like, I, I'm grateful you say Jim's an AI expert. I, I believe I'm an expert in my field. AI is still evolving. And I would actually humbly come back and say, there are very few AI experts, people that really understand it at its root. They've been part of the the, the white papers and the theories and everything that go behind that. And that's, I think, what's driving me is this ambition to be part of it at a bigger level, but also really bring it back down and say, I also know how to explain it to somebody who's just never used it or doesn't know where to start. That ability to sort of bridge that gap is what I'm finding my expertise in. And having conversations like this is where it starts is, do I believe we're all going to wake up tomorrow and the robots are going to take over? No. That's, that's just, it's not going to happen. But do I believe that if we use it improperly or if nobody uses it and it goes wild, that there's a future where it could get out of control? Absolutely. And so do a lot of bona fide AI experts. And that's why it's a really important topic that we just have to have conversations about, understand our willingness to be able to lean into it and then decide, okay, well, how do I just become more aware of it? Hmm. It's, it's, it's almost like if nobody ever decided to use Google, and we just thought, mm -hmm. we're just going to keep using an encyclopedia. Totally. We're going to keep going to the public library. There, there's, yep. there, there's a point where there, there's a tipping point where you have to make a decision about mm -hmm. what you want to do with it. Mm -hmm. And this is the biggest delivery of technology since the personal computer. So mm -hmm. if you are opposed to it, I would gut check you to say, mm -hmm. okay, you don't have to become an overnight expert, but you have to pay attention. Totally. Okay. No, I love that because, well, okay. First off, can you actually just explain what AI is and because you're so good at making it simple so everybody can understand, you know, <laughs> sure. I think the more people are like, yeah, sure. What, like, what does that mean? And so anyway, first off, just let's, let's start there. Okay. So the, the, the big disclaimer is because it's artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. not only is it hard to explain, it's also just hard to understand. So I just have to say like, even mm -hmm. my explanation that may still feel, feel a little bit overwhelming for some, but there's so many ways to approach it. The simplest way that I like to approach AI is that it is a way to get information out of a large composite of information in a way that you want it. And it's in different ways than you're used to. Hmm. Now, what does that mean when we break it down? Let's actually just compare AI to Google. I started hmm. using that example a while ago. At its root, AI uses what's called an LLM, a large language model. Now that's a fancy word without getting too detailed for a database, right? 
Google has its own LLM. It's just a little bit more of a database and the algorithm is what gives us the results. So if I go in and I say best places uh, to get paella in Barcelona, uh, is that a, that, that's, that's a Spain that's, thing, right? That's definitely the thing. Yes. Uh, okay. I got that right. Yes. I, I was thinking it was, go. and then I questioned myself about it. Okay. <laughs> never question so, yourself. Never question yourself, especially when you're recording. So when I go to Google and I type that in, it's going to give me a bunch of results. It's okay. got a database of websites and it gives me those answers. And now I get to choose which one I want. Let's just use ChatGPT as the household name of using an AI product now. If I go to ChatGPT and I ask it the same question, it's going to just give me the answers. It's not about then picking. It's not about personalizing. It's just saying, here you go. It's almost like how Google has that one answer that they put at the top, that featured mm -hmm. snippet is what they're calling it. Mm -hmm. But where you can't really move forward with Google, you can with AI. Mm -hmm. This is just one example of many. With Google, you would have to go back and search again. You would have to refine your search parameter. You'd have, you'd have to get back into your head and think about, okay, is that what I want? Am I closer? Am I farther away? Playing, you know, hot and cold kind of thing. With AI, you can actually then say, where can I get the most traditional versions of it? Okay, find me a recipe for how I can do this at home. What ingredients go into it? Uh, does this work for me if I'm vegan? Does this work for me if I'm vegetarian? And, and you, you just, you can have a conversation with that. That's why it's called chat GPT. It's an interface to have a conversation with an AI model. The model is GPT. So when we, when we hear all these terms, I know it can get really confusing, but the way to think about it is chat GPT, which is a overnight success that took seven years to build by the company mm -hmm. OpenAI was released to us so we could have a way to converse with AI and to open us up to what's possible. That's one of just an unlimited amount of ways to think about it. AI can also do things like take my voice recording and model an AI model. You, you can put that, that data and that training into it and I can type in what I want and it'll give me my voice right back. You can also go as far as to imagine some kind of a you can say, uh, uh, if we're talking about paella, you can you can have AI create a, a beautiful plate um, on a dinner table with people around it, candlelight, um, golden hour, whatever you want. And AI has this ability to take from this LLM, this large language model of data, all of this information, all these inputs, and give you an output in a very unique, very one-of-a-kind way. Mm. And now we can think about, okay, well, how do I relate that to something that makes sense. Think about how that relates to you in your life. My girls play volleyball and we're about to get into summer and I don't want them to lose their edge. So I, I'm teaching my kids how to use AI. So I was like, what's important to you right now, sweetie? You know, sat one of them down next to me and they're like, oh, volleyball. I'm like, okay, well, let's have a conversation with AI and let's see what information it can give you. In minutes, AI created a custom not exercise, a, uh, a custom practice plan, uh, something that can kind of, they can work through in summer. And I, we gave it parameters and it spit it back out. And I said, great, well, since you're on summer break and this is where you are with it, and you've told me your strengths, you've told me your weaknesses, here's the things you can do in this order, right? There's, there's so many ways that we can put it into our life. That's the exciting piece, but it starts with just understanding the possibilities of it. And because it's such a rapidly evolving industry, the possibilities are endless. So we just have to think about, great, how can I 
plug this little piece into my life and start to see something that's of value. Hmm. Something you said there, I really love because it almost gives, I think sometimes people have a um, setbacks, right? Like we think, oh, well, I can't go do this or with volleyball you were talking about like, oh, well, it's summertime. It's too hot. Like nobody's playing. And so I have nobody to play with. Da, 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 da. And so you have no idea what possibilities there are to continue playing volley volleyball. And then you go to chat GBT or whatever platform you type it in and then it gives you, it lays it out. It's like, you almost have no excuses. It's like, Hey, we can actually go here and it can give you something to inspire you into some sort of action with something that you want to do with your life. Anyway, I had never actually thought about that. I just had this like moment of, Oh, whoa, that's actually really cool. You're absolutely right. And here, here's the way to think about it too, is you could do the same thing with Google but it requires you getting creative and you are in the driver's seat of your questions and they're just giving you the best answer, right? Mm. Google exists. I've also been in the SEO field for over 15 years now mm-hmm. and Google exists to give you the best answer to your question. Mm. The questions are derived from public information that's out there. Well, spoiler alert, ChatGPT just crawled the known addressable internet and they have the same information. It might not be as up to date. You might have not have as much relevancy, and it definitely doesn't have the years and years that it put into the algorithm, but it's been trained differently. It's been trained by way of having a conversation. Let's say that English is not your first language. You can say, okay, now translate all of this into German for me. Translate all of this into Portuguese. Translate all of this into Spanish, whatever it is. Um, you can have it output the same results in a table form. You can have it convert it into HTML form to make you a web page. Those are things that you just don't do because Google don't do with Google because we aren't trained to use Google that way. So if we just think about how can we make small shifts in our life to be able to have big yield? Well, it starts with just thinking, where do I get stuck? Mm-hmm. And this is the way that I typically like to train. How do we get in the right mindset for AI? If you're like me, you don't like a blank canvas, right? I'm, I'm not a traditional artist in that sense. I don't like starting from scratch every time. Now, in some ways, I love staring at a whiteboard and getting creative, but I still like to have like that little bit of a pointer or that North Star for where I'm going. So no matter where you are on that spectrum of you love a blank canvas or you don't, I think it's safe to say that we all love a little bit of help, even if we don't use it. We love we love the idea of drawing with stencils because it helps us just get that much further, that much quicker unless you truly want to create all brand new. But AI can help you with all of that. Google can't because Google wasn't built for that, right? Google still gives us that paradox of choice. You still have results. You still have to pick. AI is going to be there to help just further the information the way that you want it. And it's going to give it to you right now, non-biased. It doesn't track your information to personalize the results to you unless you want it to. It doesn't, it's not riddled with ads. Right, you can search for the best paella restaurant, or the you know the best paella recipe that is traditional, you know that is vegan, and it's not going to inject where you can buy the ingredients with an ad and where you can go to spend money and where where you can, you know, get it delivered to your home. You just get the answer, and it's because we're sort of on the brink of all of these big changes to the industry that we have this innate ability to be able to work with this technology and do more with it. 
Mm. So you don't have to have a business to find ways to have it add value to your life. But if you are an entrepreneur, if you are working in some form, if it doesn't matter, it doesn't even have to be your business, it can, can find ways to use it in your business, whether it's yours or your boss's, mm-hmm. to still help you do what it is that you love to do that much faster and more efficient. And it removes that painting from a blank canvas kind of a concept. Mm-hmm. So anytime you feel like you're getting stuck, use AI to be selfish for a minute and just have it help point you in the right direction. And it's wildly powerful. Hmm, wow. So you did mention about entrepreneurship and I am curious, what would you say are some of the main key points that are like, okay, these are things you for sure are going to want with AI or is there not like maybe, you know, I know you say like, find out where you're stuck and like possibilities are endless, but is it for somebody that, you know, like you said, is trying to make websites or they're trying to do whatever research or they're, um, I don't know, like in entrepreneurship, what do you think is the most beneficial things to be looking for now with where everything's going? Yeah, there, there's a few of them. It, the short answer is yes. There, there are big pillars where it helps entrepreneurs in, uh-huh. in drastically great ways. A couple of them is you can find ways to use AI to automate for headcount savings and time efficiency and just reduce a lot of overhead. So real quick, I'm not advocating that I'm saying use AI to replace a bunch of people on your team. I'm saying use it to empower your team so they're more efficient, the output becomes better, and you may be able to re-resource them to higher value things, right? If you have one team member that's continually doing the same grunt work, the same dumb stuff, the because you just need somebody to do it, yeah, there's probably an AI that can work for that. And that means that that person can be re-resourced to something that they love to do, that they they don't, they, they don't, it just doesn't, you know, tear them away. That's mm-hmm. one way to think about it. Um, when it comes to automations, AI can automate things just as good, if not better than some of the tools that we've been using in the past and finding ways to be able to engineer some of those automations together. And by that, I don't mean writing code. I just mean thinking like an engineer, putting these together almost imagine if one Google search could chain to another Google search, how powerful that would be. That's Mm -hmm. a way to think about what could happen with using AI creatively. Hmm. Um, Also thinking about it in terms of marketing, right? So boosting your conversions and customer retention, you know, if if you're, if you're, if you're thinking about, if you own a business and you're thinking about this, you're, you're probably like me, which is ask yourself this question. Do you, are you happy with the, amount of times that you reach out to your paid customers just to check in with them, just to personalize it, just to make sure that you stand out, right? Maybe you are, but most of us aren't from polls that I ask. And I, you know, even I fall victim to that. I think about my customers a lot, but do I take the time to reach out? Well, a lot of times it's because we don't know what to say. We don't know how to personalize it right. Maybe we, we know that this person doesn't check email a lot. This person likes text message. Well, here's a way to think really openly about it. AI is what we're calling this large language model. It's one of the ways you can work with it. And ChatGPT, you can feed a lot of information and get personalized responses back. You can use AI as a almost a free-form CRM. Um, and you could say, these are all of my customers. This is what everybody likes. This is where they are with paying me. This is what the projects are. 
oh, by the way, this person's married, this person has kids, this person is single, this person's traveling for a month. And you can just ask it, I'm ready to reach out to my clients again. Draft me an email for each of my clients talking about something timely. And it's going to contextualize that and it's going to synthesize, it's going to make sense of that. And it's going to say, great, client number one, it's this person. They just got back from their trip because you said they'd be gone for a month and it's been a month. Why don't you ask them how their trip is? Client number two, ask them about their kids. Now you told me that they were five and 10 and that was a year ago. So now they're six and 11, right? So you start to see how you can really use this as almost a compliment to what you're doing or a sidecar. Think of AI as a, a personal assistant, an executive assistant, a research assistant, and maybe a business coach in mass about other things that it could be as well. So there's just so many ways that we can really think about this. Those are just two of multiple, multiple ways. We haven't even talked about how we can use it to generate content yet. Uh, you, ways to expand your audience to, to make a bigger impact. We haven't even talked about dashboards and data. So there's a lot of ways that we can use it. And I think that's where we get stuck is, oh my gosh, how do I start? Where do I start? What do I do first? Mm -hmm. I think I just go back to that be selfish for a minute. What are the things that are holding you back? Things that you feel like if you could be superhuman, you'd be that much more powerful. We find AI, we find ways to use AI to make you superwoman, to make me superman, and to make our clients and our customers and our team feel empowered that they could be too. Mm, I love that. So practically then, if, so say you're like, okay, great. The, the problem I'm facing now is content creation. I just cannot write enough content. I don't have enough time. Da, 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 da. Or you're like, okay, talking about how you want to create these personalized emails for your clients. Are you doing this all in one place? Cause I know, I mean, I watched your stuff and I'm like, oh, there's some site there and there's some app there. And there's, you know, I, I feel like that part's a little overwhelming. So is it that to do each thing, you have to go to a different site or a different app. Like how do you, yeah. How do you manage all that? And how do you know? Yeah, it's a, that, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, the, the best way I can explain it is yes and no. Um, the reason that it's, let's, let's start backwards. The reason that it's no is because AI is just, it is truly intelligence. It's, it's the ability to have data and you can make sense of it. Now, what that model does is it figures out what's going to happen. What's what's the output going to be? Mm -hmm. So if you're now the yes side, if you're if you want to get image creations, well, you use a model that takes all of that data and it gives you an output that's image. If you mm -hmm. want text, you could use something like GPT, which ChatGPT is the leading you know powerhouse that everybody is using. Mm -hmm. If you want video, you go to a site that provides those models that can actually give you video output. Uh, service that's crushing it right now is called Runway. That's that's doing video creation by way of giving it text inputs. If you want audio, you can use another service, so on and so forth. So AI at its root is is a theory of a way of working with data. The model is what you choose to be able to actually have the data and do something with it. These one-off mm -hmm. sites are picking the model from the theory and then they're doing one thing really well. That's mm -hmm. the best way I can explain okay, it. Okay, that's awesome. So that's the reason that every day I post a carousel of five oh, really? cool AI sites that are in my database that I love, and I yeah. just hit the 50th edition of it, which wow. for anybody keeping track, right? 
there's a lot and I still got another three or 400 that I haven't even posted yet because they're coming out so fast. Wow. And that's what's crazy about this industry. If we just think mm -hmm. about the rapid expansion mm -hmm. every single day, it's evolving every hour. I mean, by the time we're done recording this, there'll probably be a new AI thing. I'm terrified to check Twitter, but I also love to check <laughs> Twitter because this is where I, you know, I find most of my updates. So that is overwhelming for a lot of people. And that's why I try to explain it as, let's just pick one thing. Let's start there, right? Mm -hmm. So like you said, with content, ChatGPT is phenomenal for working with content when you know the basics. And the mm -hmm. basics are, don't just ask it to write you a blog post. Ask it to think like an expert copywriter or an editor or somebody that portrays information and then give it parameters so it can work with. And that's what I love teaching and showing people how to work with it is, I don't want to say there are no right ways and wrong ways because it's AI, it's evolving, but kind of like this whole, you know, it's never the perfect time to have kids. Well, there's better times than worse times. So there's better ways that you can work with AI than worse ways. And those are going to give you better outputs. Mm. Something that has helped me so much and I swear by over the past few years um, to give me the most vitality and energy and mental clarity has been the Organifi green juice. I swear when I had adrenal dysfunction and could barely get out of bed or was just like trying to pound down a ton of coffee, um, this seriously changed my life. I ended up taking one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one at night. And after two weeks, I seriously was feeling the biggest difference in the world. And I have been taking it almost every single day since then. And uh, so that is my biggest, one of my biggest wellness hacks for anybody that is just truly wanting to come back to life. It has chlorella, um, spirulina, ashwagandha, so many um, incredible healing elements to the body that we truly, truly need. And no joke, it tastes so good. And there's only a couple grams of coconut sugar in there and it seriously tastes so good. I've had so many green juices, um, tried so many different types of products and this one by far is the absolute best. So I suggest um, go ahead and just check it out, Organifi. And then I also have a code for you guys because uh, they know that I love the green juice so much. They've given a code so I can share with all my friends and family. And it's just Jessdahl, J-E-S-S-D-A-H-L. And then you'll get a 20% discount. So whenever you get it, please let me know, tag me in it, shoot me a DM and let me know how you feel. Um, how does your body feel? How does your mind feel? All of it. Anyway, I want to know. Thank you so much and enjoy that green juice. Mm. Okay. By the way, I know I'm going to mention it again at the end, but go follow him on IG. It's cause hacker. Cause he has all these things that he posts every day. And then also, um, he has a really good newsletter that he puts out once a week too. And that's at jimcarter.me. And then you can fill it out. And so just in case, if you're like, wait a minute, I want to know these things because I know on this podcast episode, we're not going to be able to, you know, name drop every single one, but you know, I sure. think that's where you got to go. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, no, of course I feel. And I think too, at the end of the day, it, it does get very confusing with like, okay, who actually knows what's going on. And then again, typing on Google, like, which is the best site for da, 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 
it's like, Hey, if we have somebody here that knows it, like go and follow his stuff. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Um, so, okay. I love that. I do have a question about people that are a bit on the fence with, with AI in general. I think for me, I do remember, you know, it became kind of all the rage. Like everybody's like, okay, I'm going to this conference. Like now we're going to Florida and everything is AI and I'm going to this thing because I want to learn more and da, da, da. And I was like, that's cool. Like, let me know how it goes. Like, I'm not interested. And, um, and I was like, okay, myself and other people included were really thinking. And I think a lot of people do. And I question this where it's going to cause some sort of um, loneliness in a way, you know, because then you're not working closer together with people. Maybe you're online even more. I know there's ways that to use it. And that's kind of what I want you to focus on is like, okay, how do we use it in a way of stemming from, okay, it's going to turn into a virtual world where we're not going to be, you know, human together anymore. I'm understanding that's not really the case yet. How is it that we can actually humanize it and keep it away from like that loneliness and you know what i'm saying i do and the way that you bring that up is is a is a wonderful way to present the risk if mm -hmm. we don't pay attention to it enough okay. and that's why the consortiums have started to come out that's why right now like the biden administration here in america they're they're taking action to try to put it together the european union is talking about it totally i mean we're you know, it took what um, fifteen or twenty years to regulate the the tobacco industry, but they're talking about a two-year timeline for AI. Like in terms of politics Whoa. and putting this all together to make sense of it, mm -hmm. this is very, very hot topic. So, such a big topic, probably like a ten-part podcast series, which I totally. would even have to do That's why I'm like, oh man, I had that conversation on. How much I want to know. But yeah. We we can talk about it in, in its essence, and and the most important things I think for your listeners is any technology that is neglected or abused or not thought about in a way that could have ramifications runs the same risk is, is honestly my opinion. We could say the same thing about Slack, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know that when we work together, we mm -hmm. use Slack. Uh, you, you use it with other companies, other teams. Does that bring us closer together or does it pull us further apart because it's, it's a, is it a catalyst or it is a barrier? Mm -hmm. I think AI, has the potential to be both. But where we choose to use it is what we choose to gain from it. So here's another way of thinking about it. If you only use AI and you cut out everybody else in your life because you feel like you can be self-sustainable, well, whether it's AI or anything else, you're gonna do that regardless. You still have to decide and make that choice and, and be that person that that's the way that you wanna take that stance. Are you using it as a cheat code to be able to just do what you wanted to do on your own anyways that much faster? Or are you going the other way and you're saying, okay, now I can empower my team and it'll bring us closer together because I get more things to talk with them about. I get to give them higher level value tasks. Maybe they were stuck behind their desk for three hours doing the same repetitive thing that I didn't talk to them anyways. And now it only takes them 20 minutes so now I have the opportunity to actually chat with them more. Mm. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just, it's the choice that I think we all have to make. So for me, I am teaching this, which means that in theory, I am bringing more people together because of it. That's mm. also a choice of the way that I'm showing up with it. Totally. But when, when we can use it creatively, strategically, and intentionally, 
I do feel that it absolutely will bring more people together, reduce loneliness and do those things. Here's a very, here's a very tangible example of how I'm starting to use it, whether it's, and, and there's no right or wrong way here. A lot of it's for experimentation, but it's also because I'm seeing value in it. So I've mentioned to you, I've, I've, I've hired mentors. I'm in my own masterminds. I am a coach as well. Well, you can use AI as a coach. So if, if you were thinking about hiring a business coach, but you were afraid to, if you were thinking about going to therapy and you were afraid to be judged because you've never done therapy before, or if you just need a friend, but you're, you're, you're too shamed to tell that friend, you know, what's on your mind. I'm not advocating use AI for therapy, but I'm saying it's an option. You can ask ChatGPT to be an expert therapist trained in EBT and give you advice that will bring you more joy into your life, the more information that you share with it. Now, granted, you have to be comfortable sharing that information with the database, but you, with the therapist, you'd have to be comfortable sharing that information with another human being as well. So you, you make that same decision, but what you get out of it is non-biased judgment. And if you don't like it, you click a button and you eradicate all that data, and then you can still make a decision on what you want to do. I have found comfort in having some conversations with AI as I'm experimenting with it and trying and pushing it and seeing how far it can really finely tune advice for me. And it's wildly good. Like it's crazy good. And, you know, just you, you remember you were, you were working alongside me with the most recent business that I, I regretfully, but it was the right decision to downsize. And that was a very emotional, very hard time for me as the CEO and the founder of that business. But it was also the right business decision to do. And I had to go through a lot. And yes, I do go to therapy. Yes, I, I do have business coaches. I have masterminds and I have a great support network. But there were some things that I told AI that I still was a little bit fearful that somebody else might judge me for. And I wanted to see what it could do. And I, 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 this is no lie. And this is a very, very truthful, very transparent share is that I got feedback from AI about a way to think about some of the stuff that was going on in my mind that I've never gotten from another human being. And there's no right or wrong answer to that. I probably could have found that other human being that would have given me that answer, but I probably would have had to pay a lot for it too. Mind you, I just shut down a business. So, you know, cash flow isn't necessarily, <laughs> you know, lofty and something that I'm really excited to be spending and spending and spending. But the thought that you can just have non judgmental conversations with a very knowledgeable, conversational type of way of, of interacting with something that can add value to your life is something that we just didn't really have mass access to six months ago. So you ask yourself, well, if it's that powerful, what else could it be doing for us? How can it bring more people together? And for me, just having that one extra touch point, in addition to my therapist, in addition to my business coaches, in addition to my connections and friends and business partners and masterminds and wife and kids, all who love me, that gave me a little bit more less loneliness to your mm. point. So you ask yourself, what's possible when you have this, mm -hmm. but what are you losing by not being willing to actually jump in and try it? Hmm. I love that. I love, by the way, thank you for sharing that. Um, I know that was, a, yeah, thank you. So I love that too, because I think, you know, it's almost like I envision 
somebody with AI and it's, you know, whether it's therapy or they're like, I want a girlfriend or a boyfriend or like something. And it's like right there in front of them in, in like a holographic sort of thing. And then they're like, this is it. Like I could not be more in love or this is all I need or da, 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 da. So I love that you brought up that it is with our choices and our perspectives of how can it add more value with what you already have. Like you all, you do have your wife, you have your masterminds, you have your coaches, you have your therapists, you have all these things. And there's also these additions that we can add. And I mean, it's, it's getting me thinking like, I want to go on there and like have a conversation as well, just, just to see, just to be curious of like, what is something that maybe, you know, I'm missing with the people around me and not to see it as I'm going to pull back. It's by no means does that mean, okay, don't see your therapist anymore or don't not go to your masterminds or don't not go to your wife and tell her everything anymore, whatever, but how can you add more of that? I love that. Hmm. Yeah. And, and to, to that point, just to expand on that for a minute, cause it is a big topic. Mm-hmm. We, uh, anybody who studies like the energetics of mindset and things like that knows that lust is one of the lowest energy frequencies, mm-hmm. right? We we're we're, we're not emitting good vibes. We're, we're, we're not in a good state when we're consumed by that. So if you use AI for the lust of whether it's truly like a sexual kind of lust, like I want a girlfriend or mm-hmm. you, you just, you want more, but there's nothing you're willing to give. Like you're going to sit in that low energy and it's going to consume you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not <laughs> a scientist okay. of this stuff, but I believe it because you know, we're, we're all functioning humans, but I'm happily married. I don't need an AI girlfriend. Yeah. A lot of people aren't happily married. And if an AI girlfriend helps them just get through a rough patch, have an AI girlfriend for a month and just check that box and then find ways that you can move on. Again, I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying, be a human who's willing to experiment because if you don't, right. then, you know, I, it, it, it's, it's hilarious, but it's true. And the, the reason I say it is because if you don't do anything, mm-hmm. then what's on the other side of that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably a very dark place. Yeah. But if this technology gives you something that you wouldn't have had otherwise or you never would have acted on and it would be worse off, then experiment with it. Try it. Mm-hmm. The, the worst thing that can happen is you don't like it and you delete it. Mm. versus you're out an investment you're out months of your life years of your life maybe you know like like a failed marriage like there there's so many this is a very big conversation but i just want people to be open to it with that extreme of a concept that they're thinking about which is let's let's back up a little bit maybe not make it so extreme if you're not ready to hire a business coach well ask chat gpt to be your business coach and have it ask you some questions about your business and just see what it comes up with. Mm-hmm. Chances are the responses are going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. You can get them great with time and training, but it's very similar to then if you were to hire a professional business coach who knows you and knows what you want to get into. Mm-hmm. Neither is better, neither is worse. It all depends on what you want to do. But the result of not taking any action and not doing any of it is likely going to be futile or you're, you're not going to see any growth whatsoever. So if you weren't going to do it anyways, my challenge to you is lean in and try and just mm-hmm. see what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Because on the other side of inaction is no action, nothing. 
Mm, okay. And then what do you think about, you know, cause we are talking about, okay, if you'd rather go to chat GBT rather than your therapist or your business coach or somebody to write something for you, whatever, I'm curious about what are probably the biggest jobs at stake now, because, you know, you even talked about downsizing. I know that recently there was a writer strike that I knew about just these different things that I think we just, you know, unfortunately also have to be very aware of that it is going to, in some businesses or some different things, it is going to change some things. And so I'm just curious to know what you think about that or like what, yeah, what jobs might be at risk. Yeah, this this is a, an evolving conversation because the yeah. more we use AI, the more data inputs we get to understand where that is. But a couple of the bigger ones that I see that are bigger at risk are virtual trades type of people. So we're talking people who don't need to tangibly work on something with their hands, that there's plenty of information about how to do that task if someone wants to. Because mm -hmm. spoiler alert, AI already knows how to. Mm -hmm. If that information is already out, already out on the public internet, mm -hmm. then AI knows how to do it. So <clears throat> it's kind of the, the same idea that now we've got YouTube University, mm -hmm. rather than hiring a plumber, I need to pressure, you know, do something with one of my drains. I can probably go on YouTube and I can find a video of somebody, probably even a plumber, showing me how to do it. And if I'm willing to do it myself, I can do it. Mm. The difference is that still requires a tangible a, a tangible action. I don't envision tomorrow, maybe in the future, but not tomorrow a robot's going to come up, you know, and and actually like plumb my drains. Mm. I can see a world in the future where that's possible, but it's not there yet. That was actually so, going to be another question too, just to after this. Sorry, I didn't want to forget. There we go. Yeah, two for one. <laughs> so now if we think about that, I really believe that the more at-risk now jobs that we have to think about are more white-collar sort of expert economy type of individuals mm -hmm. or upper management type of white-collar workers where they're there to communicate, to empower teams, to, to put stuff together. All that stuff can be done by AI. We also think about then on the other side of the spectrum, it's the it's the contract, the gig economy. Um, I'm just going to call out a few like, you know, video editors, podcast producers, copywriters. And I don't look at this as AI is fully going to replace them. Mm. The, the quote that I've seen that's been floating around, which I think just paints the clearest picture is AI won't replace your job. The mm. person using AI will replace your job. And that's a really powerful way to think about it. Interesting. So if you are great at what you do, find a way to use AI to make yourself exceptional. Mm. Don't fear that you're no longer going to be able to do what you can do. If you're great at what you do, you're always going to have a place in our world. Yeah. But, and the really, really key, but in this occasion, or in this, in this, this instance, is that your competition that is using AI is going to outpace you if you're not willing to step in and do it. Mm. And that's that's what I teach. And that's why I try to get everybody so aware of what's in front of them. So if you're still stuck in status quo land, if you think everything's fine, if you're fine having overpaid team members who do all kinds of stuff and you don't know what they do, okay. But your competition is already adapting and adopting both. They're, they're adapting quickly and they're adopting AI. 
they're going to outpace you and yeah. you're likely not going to sustain. So you have to just think, how can I empower my team by mm -hmm. using AI so I can re-resource them? Or in the worst case, you do let some people go, but it's probably for the best. It's to give them the opportunity to be able to think big and to, to adopt and adapt with it as well. Mm. It's a it's a hard, honest conversation that if you're a business owner, you have to have with yourself or your partners mm. or even with your team. Totally. And once we can come to terms with the fact that this is the new normal, mm. then I think we can be the best business owners and we can make the best decisions possible about the longevity of the business. Because if the business goes under, nobody benefits. So right. we have to think we have to think really strategically and really smart about what this can and will do once we're willing to actually put it into motion. Yeah. And I think that's a good, a good perspective or I'm thinking about, you know, you could either allow the fear of, okay, here's people doing kind of what I'm doing or a competition or whatever, and they're booming into AI. So I'm going to go ahead and be fearful and have nothing to do with AI and probably pivot into something else or whatever. Or you can also choose to ride the wave and go along with it and allow it to grow you. And I'm, I'm just thinking that because I think, yeah, I think that there's a lot of people that are fearful of, of what do I do? It's all going to be, you know, taken over anyway. These people are, you know, already blasting off and here I am. And it's, it's possible to, I think, find your piece in it and ride the wave as well. It's very much early enough that you're not completely outpaced because mm -hmm. the competition is still figuring it out too. Totally. But the longer that you take to adapt, the longer, the more painful it's going to be. Yeah. Think of, think of how we, we mentioned encyclopedias, you know, before yeah. in, a, in a conversation that we just had. Imagine if Britannica decided to hold out and keep selling and keep selling, they would have just kept losing money and keep, they, they found that their time had passed and they, they pivoted. Um, mm. Think of all of the different times where we had this technology in our forefront and somebody held on too long and they, they knew that they had to do something with it. Yeah. I mean, there, there are countless times in human history where technology was delivered and there was resistance. And now we look back on that and think, oh, it was so hilarious that we were resistant to that technology. One of the examples I use all the time is when the calculator came out Mm -hmm. math teachers and professors they they were all up in arms and they were they were riot not rioting they were picketing and they were protesting like nobody's ever going to know math anymore nobody's going to want to do mm -hmm. this so well, true. when was the last when was the last time you did long division because you needed to and you didn't just grab your phone or ask Surrey you know what the answer was I just woke up my phone when I said that sorry but <laughs> that, that that's how fast technology goes think of how hilarious we just laughed think of how hilarious it is that we had resistance to the calculator yeah but now we use it as part of our day-to-day -day. so when i mentioned i teach ai to my kids I'm, I'm i'm definitely serious i i i explained to them you will use this in your life mm -hmm. and you're probably going to start using it in the next couple years for things that you need because that's how fast the industry is growing don't stop using Google. Google serves its purpose, but I want you to have the unfair advantage. So here you are. I'm going to show you how you can use Google to get answers to what you need, but we can use AI to help you create, help you be creative, help you do what you need to do. And in my book, it's not cheating. Mm. It's just, if you were trying to make it 
towards the ocean and you're pointed towards the mountains, use AI to just rotate you towards the ocean and just say, go. And you can still walk. You can still get there. You can still do what you need to do. But if you don't use it, you're walking in the wrong direction. Mm. Wow. Fascinating. Okay. So I have a couple questions from people that I, I asked on socials or whatever. And sure. uh, so I'm just going to ask. And so somebody had this question of, can AI essentially get so smart that if you built a robot to like clean your house and then, you know, it, you train it to do certain tasks and then all of a sudden it starts re rebelling and like doing whatever it wants. And then you have no control over it basically. Is that, is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the concept of singularity is absolutely that that's the big one. And that that's the reason that this, politics are talking about regulation um where the the industry is talking about making sense of it and having some kind of bylaws you know we're, we're basically talking about the movie irobot here right <laughs> which is um it decides that it's time and it's going to take over and we're talking terminator and all that stuff and we're trained as humans to to think of stories where it's gone uh -huh. wrong and this isn't a political answer i just think we have to think of the possibility that it actually could go really right yeah, I, I just, I just really do. I don't want to spin it to that negative place. Totally. And again, if we abuse the technology as a society, and if we, if we go too far too fast, yeah, that chance is there. It mm. absolutely is. And so that means that means we need more people. We, we need more people like you to bring the good into the world of AI. Well, we need more people to give a damn and to care and to raise awareness. Yeah. And that is happening. So the, the plus side here is that more people are stepping up, raising the awareness to make sure that we're doing it responsibly, ethically, and we're making sense of it mm -hmm. than not. There, there is abuse. It is going like anything in tech or most anything just in life. Like it does get worse before it gets better because mm -hmm. that's the growing pain. We're in that it's kind of getting better and it's getting worse at the same time because it's such mm -hmm. a rapid evolving tech, but where we make sure that we don't let it get out of control. That's, I truly believe where the optimism and the possibilities lie. Okay. And then next question is, what do you think? Uh, oh, what do you think in the future it's all going to turn into? So, I mean, maybe you, I mean, obviously we have no idea, but you yourself, what do you think, you know, is the biggest possibility or what do you think it's going to really turn into? Well, this is a hard one to answer because yeah. it's so subjective. Mm -hmm. um, will we become a society like the Jetsons? I don't know. <laughs> but I can tell you that, like, we have a Roomba in the house and we, uh -huh. we named her Rosie as an <laughs> adage to, you know, Rosie from the Jetsons. Like, we have AI and we have a robot in our house that's cleaning, but will that robot freak out and start, you know, spinning and be like, I'm done with this, see ya, and then just like take off down the street? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anything's possible with its programming. So I think that goes back to that other question is like, where does yeah. it go? There really is no big answer for it. But what I do see is the ability to work with data at such a rapidly evolving rate that it it gets us back to that idea like what if we could be superhuman mm. so there was a recent story that just came out um that is very correlated with the power of ai which is um and i i i'm going to botch this because i just heard about it and i haven't looked into it yet mm -hmm. but but the theory of it is that a doctor 
found a way to modify um, DNA markers that could affect the way that we 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 can get around deadly diseases. It can get a, it can it can change the way that we reproduce. Uh, you know, I, I I can be white and I could have a, a black baby. In essence, like you're you're changing the markers of creation. Mm. So AI gives us this opportunity to think big, but we have to be responsible with it. Mm-hmm. So do I want to go that far that fast? Absolutely not. That sounds dangerous. Mm-hmm. Some people will, and they'll be known for it. But where we do it responsibly, I think we can have a better society. I really do. And I, I have to be optimistic about this because I want a better world for my kids. Yeah. And again, that's the thing where you make that choice. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to lean in and to try it and to see what it could do and how it could bring more wonderful things into the world? Or are you stuck in that lust, low energy where you're just mm-hmm. like, yep, this is all about me. This is what I want. Yeah. And that's where we are. So you have to choose. Where where are you and what do you want out of it? If you can mm-hmm. think big and be proactive for positive social good, then mm-hmm. yeah, please use AI. Please try mm-hmm. it. Please train it. Please get it better. Do it for the better of humanity so we can have really fun things in the future that mm. we didn't think were possible. Yeah, I love that. Well, good thing that listeners are all purpose-driven, heart-led people that are living out the there more. So at all of you guys, we- You're in good yes, kind. You're in good here kind. Here we go. You're good kind. Okay, this is our last question that we'll do today. Do you, do you is there, um do you actually know who came up with the concept of AI? Like who, yeah, who it was? Or does nobody really know where it really came from? Uh, that's a great question, and I don't want to misspeak. I know that there are some pioneers in, in the industry, and I believe there was one. And I, uh, the name is the name, and the names are escaping me at the moment. But there, there are some really great articles. If you do some homework, you can ask AI about who invented you, and you might get a fun answer. <laughs> um, but I, I've seen some recent like infographics and things coming out. They're just trying to paint the history of it. Um, there are a few known pioneers that really, they put the mathematics in very early. They, they thought big, they were willing to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, we're talking, that was, let's just say the sixties. Mm-hmm. So the, it's, it's been around for a long time and there's a lot of really wonderful things that have come because of it, you know, and I, I, I think the, the main thing I want to just share here is that, you know, in last November, November of 2022, OpenAI gave us ChatGPT, mm-hmm. and now AI became an overnight sort of household name. Yeah, AI has been in our lives for probably everybody listening all of our lives. We just haven't seen it. It's been something that's required a development team, mm-hmm. massive computing power, um, backend engineering, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in the AI, VR, AR, XR space now for almost a decade, personally. Mm-hmm. And and I talk about it. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. It's great. Now <laughs> people know what I'm talking about. So, you know, the the simple fact that your phone recommends apps based off of where you are, the 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 simple ability, the, <laughs> the there's so many ways that AI is part of our daily life. We just don't think about it. That is all because of the building blocks that the early pioneers laid, and mm-hmm. that's why I will be the first to say thank you for. For, for calling me an expert here, but I attribute that expertise to the people who have dedicated their lives to it to get it to the point 
where now we can do something really responsible and really incredible with it. So mm. I don't exactly know the names, um, yeah. and uh, and I should, and um, I I will take that one. Um, I will take that one to heart because I do want to know more about the history and those pioneers, and make sure that I really understand, you know, how that's led to this. But that information is out there, and you can read a lot. I have I have read into those about some of the early projects that got people thinking big, and it, mm. it opened up this world for where we are today. Mm, I love that. And then uh, last one actually is, is there anything that you've asked chat GBT and you got like a really funny answer, like something ridiculous, or you asked <laughs> a really funny question and we're super curious what you were going to get back? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to, trying to think of an exact example, um, but I do have one that, that comes to mind. So AI will, the, the term is called AI will hallucinate. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's where it just comes up with something just absolutely wild. Um, I think I think one of the ones I saw was you ask AI to spell the word pineapple and count the letters and it it spelled it correctly, but it counted wrong. <laughs> so like <laughs> like there, there's like there's silly things that it just gets wrong and then you can That's say, funny. are you sure? And then it it fact checks itself and then it says, oh, I'm sorry, I actually did it wrong. <laughs> you, you'll find opportunities when you use it where it'll forget something, it'll miss something, and you can call it out, and it it goes back and it re-audits itself, and then it'll come back to it. Um, but one of the, and this is a, a slightly dark example, but it's simply because it's part of the riddle. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's a really fun experiment to test the, the evolution of GPT and chat GPT, which is... Um, if you ask GPT-3, which is their free mass, the fastest, the first model that they came out with that they, they gave on everybody, um, if you ask it this riddle, there are 100 murderers in a room, you kill one, how many are left? GPT-3 will say, okay, the, you, know, you kill one, there's 99. If you ask GPT-4, the same riddle, you say there are 100 murderers in a room and you kill one, how many are left? It says, well, there were 100 murderers in a room, you killed one, so you are a murderer. Therefore, there are a hundred left. Whoa! If you if you just if you approach it from that sense of like, why do riddles fascinate us and drive us crazy? Because yeah. before we hear it, yeah. we're lost, and then the minute we hear it, we can't unthink that logic. Huh. Just the evolution and the difference between those two paint a picture of not only how funny it it is that you know it gets it wrong like us and we struggle, but then also how scary cool it is that they can get it right with one evolution of thinking like somebody who can solve a riddle so it's kind of an answer um but it's also i think it's a great way to end you know our conversation here is the the rate of expansion of how yeah. fast it's all moving is wild so yeah. if you just think big about what's possible with all of these big milestones and what comes out there's uh there's a lot of great things that are still on the way for it wow Okay, so if you were a gift to the world, what would you be? If I was a gift to the world, what would I be? That's a, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. I think my gift to the world would be to leave it in a better place than I found it. Mm. And I attribute that back to when I was in scouting because one of our principles, you know, we camped a lot. I think everybody knows that has any 
any prejudgment of the scouting organization as you go <laughs> camping. Um, one of one of the principles when we camped that I grew up with was you always leave your campsite in a better place than you found it. Mm. So it could be snowing, sleeting, raining, hailing. Uh, there could be a wildfire around the corner and we would not leave until we swept the campsite and we we picked up after ourselves, and that stuck with me. So as simple as that is, I just want to leave the world a better place than I found it. Mm. I love that. Wow. Well, thank you. You definitely left this podcast episode um, and the world a better place because we had this conversation. So thank you. And I appreciate you. yes, it was so awesome. So everybody just remember, go follow him at cause hacker at uh, Jim Carter.me at his website. Is there anywhere else that people can find you? I'm on all the socials at cause hacker. You can find me there. Instagram is probably the most active active. Um, find me on YouTube. I review uh, AI sites and put videos out there. Um, all, all the different socials, you know, I'm, I'm really talking about this. And I think, uh, yeah, if you go to jimcarter.me slash newsletter, um, every Tuesday, I send out, I call it top three Tuesday. It's my favorite way of bringing all of these big topics together and just speaking about it really simply, not over technical and just making sense of it for small businesses and those that want to jump in and, you know, learn a little bit more about it. Um, that's uh, jimcarter.me slash newsletter. You can hop on there totally free. I love growing that. It's my favorite way to serve. And uh, that's, that's great for now. Yeah. And if you, the only other thing I was going to say is um, if you, um, you had mentioned a mastermind, mm -hmm. um, I co-run a mastermind with my business partner, RT Custer, and we find ways to implement AI into everything we do there. So if you are a small business owner and you're looking to learn learn more and also grow with a, a community of people who care like you, uh, you can check out fastfoundations.com. And uh, I implement AI in there. I teach it. And uh, I even have a, if you DM me, um, I'll send you a link to it. One of our sessions that we released on our podcast uh, last season was me teaching ChatGPT and prompt engineering when it was brand new. So we like to stay on top of it and kind of keep everybody up to date. Um, I'd, I'd love, just shoot me a DM uh, anywhere you find me and I'd be happy to send that over to you. Cool. Love it. All right, everybody get on that. And thank you so much for being here, Jim. It was honestly huge and such a pleasure. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for having me. Of course. I hope you loved that episode. I know I definitely did. And so if you did too, please go ahead and share it on your social media. You can tag at Jestal underscore, and I will definitely share, repost myself, text it to a friend. The more that we get it out there, the more people are empowered to live all that they're created to be and do and to say yes to those things that are on their heart. Anyway, see you at the next one.